0: Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, artificial intelligence researcher Michael Wooldridge is back to tell you whether you should be afraid of AI. You'll also learn the science of a good selfie and how bats map the world not by distance, but by time.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity. Yesterday, Michael Wooldridge told us about why AI isn't as advanced as movies would have you believe, and why that may not be a bad thing. Still, it's a popular belief that if we make AI too advanced, it'll turn on humanity and create a robot apocalypse. Well, today, Michael is going to tell us why that isn't too likely. Michael Woldridge is a professor and head of the Department of Computer Science at the University of Oxford, and he's been at the heart of the AI community for 25 years. He's also the author of the new book, A Brief History of Artificial Intelligence, What It Is, Where We Are, and Where We Are Going.
2: And we asked him, is AI something we should fear? No, that's not the conclusion that I draw. The conclusion I draw is If you are going to use this technology in any place where it has consequences for human beings, you have to really understand what its limitations are. And I think there's a big, at the moment, there's a big gap in understanding i mean you get for example i mean uh, let's say imagine a bank and they want to have an, a, an ai program which makes a judgment about whether somebody gets a loan or not right and the way how you're going to do that so you could do your your training right and exactly the way that i've described already you can you can look at lots of examples of where you've given loans and you tell it whether it was a good loan or a bad loan you know whether they defaulted on the loan or not and you know you show it the application form for the loan let's say you know where you list your name, your address, your salary, any outstanding loans you've already got, whatever goes on these things. And you show it, you know, a hundred of these and you tell it whether each one was a good loan or a bad loan. And then you show it a form where you know whether it was a good loan or a bad loan and you say, what is this good or bad? And it gives you the right answer. And somebody says, great, it works. Let's off we go, you know. And it's just incredibly naive to believe that the technology is, is that robust. And so I think really, I think there is a job to do with making people understand what the limitations of the technology are and that it can get things hopelessly wrong. It can make mistakes that children would not make, right? I mean, really, 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 it could make mistakes that children would not make. There's one big field in AI called, goes by the sort of rather cumbersome name, adversarial machine learning. And the idea is with adversarial machine learning, what you do is you try and find ways to confuse AI, Uh, And so these famous examples where you show it a picture of a monkey and it immediately says gibbon, right? I mean, it immediately says it identifies that it's a a gibbon, a monkey. Uh, And then you tweak it in a tiny tiny little bit in a way that's completely indistinguishable to a human being. And it says giraffe. And you're like, what? I mean, no human being would ever have made that mistake. But just tiny tweaks to the input turn out to have huge changes to the output. And more troublingly, right, and people have done this, you can find if you want to go and Google it, you can find this. You can tweak the recognition software that driverless cars might have. Uh, you can tweak road signs by just putting little stickers on them, tiny little stickers, which a human being wouldn't even notice. You'd still see it was a stop sign or a speed limit sign or, or whatever, but completely mislead the program. And the com- program turns out with a completely different answer. So those limitations, I think, are just really important for people to understand. But are those limitations going to lead to the robot apocalypse? No, I don't <laughs> think so.
0: So yeah, there are some limitations of AI that are worth paying attention to, but they're not going to lead to the end of the world. Again, that was Michael Wooldridge, head of the Department of Computer Science at the University of Oxford and author of the new book, A Brief History of Artificial Intelligence, what it is, where we are, and where we are going. You can find a link to pick it
1: up in the show notes. Speaking of technology's limitations... You'd think with all the camera technology out there, you'd be able to take a decent picture of yourself. And yet sometimes a solid selfie feels as far away as flying cars. That's why we remastered this clip from 2018 to help you be camera ready.
0: Have you ever taken a selfie and felt like your face looks a little off, like maybe your nose is too big? Always. Yeah. So science says that selfies make you think your nose is way bigger than it really is. Oh, that explains everything. <laughs> in fact, researchers developed the Rutgers Stanford model to show patients how much their nose becomes distorted in close-up photos. Wait, why? So actually is a scientific reason. A plastic surgeon was seeing a spike in millennials' Wanting nose jobs. Wow. Yeah. People are sensitive about how they look. So the Rutgers-Stanford model showed that compared to photos that are taken from about five feet away, selfies, which are an average of one foot away from you, make your nasal base look 30% wider and your nasal tip look 7% wider. Wow. It's a mathematical model. Fortunately, research has developed three ingredients for taking better selfies – Step one is don't shoot from a close distance. Try a selfie stick or, I don't know, a novel idea, asking someone to take a photo of you. (laughs) No, never. Number two is check your lighting. This is why phone cases with LED lights are popular. You actually look a lot better if your face is lit. And number three is stick to the center. Your camera actually distorts the edge of the shot to get more in the frame. So if you're front and center in the picture, it'll actually look better than being off to the
1: side. Ah, that makes sense. Most of us map the world by distance. But bats, it turns out that they map the world by time. And to do that, they need to know the speed of sound, even from birth. That's according to a new experiment from Tel Aviv University. The speed of sound is essential for bats because they use echolocation to understand the world around them. To echolocate, bats make a series of short chirps and listen to the way they bounce off of objects in their environment to map their location. To piece this information together, bats' brains have evolved a special sort of sound measurement mechanism called delay-tuned neurons. These neurons activate when the echo returns a specific time afterward. Their activation is precisely calibrated to, you guessed it, the speed of sound. Scientists wanted to find out if this neural knowledge is innate or adaptable. Senses that are innate can be used immediately from birth. They're hardwired right into the animal's brain. That can be great for survival, say if you're a baby bat that has to quickly escape a hungry cat. But innate senses are usually not adaptable. If an animal's environment changes, they'll have trouble adjusting. To figure this out, scientists listened in on the bats' echolocation calls. See, bats speed up the sounds they make as they get closer to a target object so they can pinpoint their landing. This gives scientists a way to figure out where the bat thinks it is in relation to the object it's landing on. To understand the bats' brains at birth, the experimenters needed to raise bat babies. They raised one group in a regular environment and a second in air spiked with helium. Helium is much lighter than air, so sound travels faster through it. The experiment recorded the bats' echolocation calls as they approached a feeding platform in their environment. As they got closer, the bats in the helium-rich environment quickened their calls earlier, evidence that they thought it was closer than it was. Since they did this as soon as they could fly, scientists concluded that their knowledge of the speed of sound was innate. The same thing happened when they switched the regular bats into the helium-rich environment. Neither group was able to adjust to a faster speed of sound. Even after they successfully landed on the platform, the bats continued to perceive it as being closer than it really was. They relied on their echolocation perception rather than their physical perception. This suggests that bats encode their world in terms of time instead of space. So just remember that the next time a bat asks you for directions. I can see the wheels turning, Cody. It's, it, you got to tell the bat it's two minutes down the road. You can't say it's a quarter of a mile. The funny thing is,
0: I already kind of do that. Oh, it's like five minutes that way.
1: Right. I know a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, is that, I think that's an American thing, right? Well, Brianna Brownell wrote this story and she's in Canada and she says that they do that up there too.
0: Well, I know there are other cultures that actually say how long a drive is, not how time long a drive (laughs) is. Yeah, that's words. Let's do a quick recap of what we learned today, starting with the fact that according to Michael Woldridge, you probably shouldn't worry about the robot apocalypse anytime soon. AI gets confused pretty easily. I mean, you can confuse driverless cars by doing something as small as putting tiny stickers on a stop sign. So it's probably a bit premature to think they'll be organizing a robot army anytime soon.
1: One of my very favorite things on the entire internet are AI generated like titles and recipes (laughs) and things like that. There's a book that's full of this stuff called You Look Like a Thing and I Love You by Janelle Shane. It's just hilarious. It's named after a pickup line that this AI was instructed to generate. (laughs) And uh, yeah, just look up AI generated anything and it's the best. Good times. And we learned that selfies really do make your nose look big. For a better selfie, you should increase the distance from your face by using something like a selfie stick. Make sure you're well lit, maybe by natural light or a light up phone case, or like the thing that I found online. A little clip-on ring light they can put on your phone. Pretty handy. And make sure you're in the center of the shot because your camera distorts the edge of the shot to get more in the frame. One editing trick that i found, you have to find the right kind of photo editor that'll do this. But if you find that you are too close to the edge of the frame and your face looks a little distorted, there are apps where you can actually make the edges of the photo narrower or just kind of tweak the perspective. That has saved many a disgusting selfie that I've taken. (laughs) (laughs) Good
0: tips. And we also learned that bats are born knowing the speed of sound. They have cells called delay-tuned neurons that activate when an echo returns to them, and it's calibrated from birth to the speed of sound, which also suggests that bats map the world not by space, but by time, 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 time. And now you know why Alfred helped him celebrate his birthday by giving Bruce Wayne a watch.
1: Oh, because he maps the world by time.
0: And Bruce Wayne's
1: Batman. Yeah, Batman doesn't need a GPS in the Batmobile. He just looks at the clock. Wow,
0: that was way better than mine. <laughs> oh,
1: that was so much better than mine. I quit. Hey, no, you, you, you brought the idea... To the surface. You gave me the pass and I scored.
0: (laughs) You that was that was an assist. We'll call it an assist. Yes.
1: yes.
0: (laughs) All right. The writer for today's last story was Brianna Brownell. Our managing editor is Ashley Hammer, who is also an audio editor on today's episode. Our producer and lead audio editor is Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. But first, let me take a selfie.
1: (laughs) And until then, stay curious.